0: Thank you all for coming on this very fine Sunday evening, to attend a very pertinent talk on the history of yoga. Uh, My name is Asita, and I'm a volunteer with the Indic Academy. Thank you all so much for coming this weekend. with domain-specific networks to bring forth focus and encourage participants from around the world to come together on one platform and exchange ideas. Please do check out our website, indiacademy.org, to know more about our activities and connect with us. This talk has also been organized in collaboration with DESI. Develop and Power Synergize India, or DESI, is a student organization at the University of Maryland. It's working to create awareness about the Indian history, culture, tradition, philosophies, and practices. It was started as a small group in two thousand three by a few graduate students, and Desi has slowly evolved as a leading uh, as a leading Indian student group in the Washington metropolitan area. So, on the stage along with Dr. Conrad Els is uh, the president of uh, Desi UMD, Ongkar Joshi. He's a doctoral candidate in the sociology, uh, sociology department at. University of Maryland. Along with him is Mr. Upendra. Mr. Upendra is a community leader and also a member of the overseas fence of BJP. He's an uh, IT professional and actively involved in all local Indian activities. Without much further ado. Dr. Conrad Elst, as all of you are aware, is a postmodern Indologist from Belgium who has spent a lifetime studying Indian culture and health affairs. Dr. Elst is most famous for his out of India theory, which advocates the case of India in the source of much here to talk in a very pertinent subject on the history of yoga. So over to Dr. Conrad for first talk. We will have a talk for 45 minutes, followed by an interactive session of question and answer for 30 minutes. Thank you so much.
1: But um, there is a modern Western school that says, no, this is not yoga. They are not practicing yoga. You see, in a hot climate, as in India, anyone can sit in a lotus posture, like, you know, a tailor. So there is by David for Now, um, Western scholars say that of the Vedas don't mention yoga. Actually, the word yoga does appear in the Vedas, but not in that meaning. Is yoga script that is- after all the very inter poems and they are very refined very good poetry and so you have the famous phrase in a tree one bird eats berries while the other bird really looks on which in a very brief manner uh, makes clear the difference between the people who just enjoy life and the people who develop renunciation You see that may perhaps not be so impressive to outsiders, but to English it's quite important, the syllable. What, what could be the syllable? Home, of course. And um, it it is is being discussed in the context, you know, where there's also a description of the cow blowing to its cow. I'm not saying anything but you see some some humorists say ah, that means that oh, really is the same thing as the the holy cow speaking so you have a number of interesting and profound ideas but you do not seem to have really the practice of yoga however are, there are a number of important examples and you don't have to look very far the most famous verse of the Ninh is like the Gaia, and you see that that Gaia Vimante that and as the first word that and it says very specifically that the luster of the uh, divine creator the sun the rising um, that he should quicken uh, he should awaken our consciousness he well what else did you know the concentration on consciousness rather than on all the other things that you could uh, you could focus on there is also the Mrtyunjaya mantra which uh is about renunciation. It's about, you see, outgrowing your attachments the way that a mature fruit automatically falls from the tree to which it has been attached until then. So there you have the idea of renunciation. these idea So here you have this Arjuna uh, standing. Arjuna is in a big sasana. You can I hope you can see it on the i yeah. yeah. first use of the term Once you have that zero experience, all kinds of stuff is built around it. And so then you get a number of different philosophies. And it's in that sense that you could say all religions, or at least all Harvard religions, say the same thing. You see, when you say that in general, the statement is not. is better case So Sankhya Yoga together to were forked. So he was saying Indians don't care about Patanjali and they hardly heard of him. It's only the West that has made him be. And so that that, that is like it's the same pattern as to say that yoga is not so important in India, and hardly existed. maybe didn't exist at all. It's the West that has him. Paper, but pure coincidence, the next paper was about Batangas, where some South Indian the really the looked But she had very good documentation and she showed a picture after picture after picture, picture, picture of shrines in South Indian temples dedicated to Batangas. So he is quite important now. <laughs> uh, he's called Sneeshah the Snake and he is usually. Uh, I do not think, as Raja Bhoja thought, that he was the same person as the grammarian Patanjali. But really, I mean, like the writing style, as a to me by people who know better Sanskrit than I do. They are two different. Also, very probably they're not in the same period. Uh, Patanjali, if at all, he That's an interesting discussion, uh, not so important really. He is classified as a Samba figure, so I mean Samba yoga is really one world view. Um, difficult about it is that it is now classified among the six orthodox Ashana schools recognized in Vedas. In fact, the Vedas there is no role. In Here you can read the Sankhya Karika, central statement of uh, Sankhya doctrine without encountering the Vedas. Yoga Sutra, same thing. Maybe one of the virtues that yoga is expected to to practice is uh, Swadhyaya. (coughs) And so that that means like self-study. But the the effective meaning in India normally is that that still uh, doesn't know the fact that it also has a match. Consciousness rests in itself. You know, Consciousness can hear. Yeah. That's a very complicated concept, Um, so we will not go deeper into it, but that's the main difference with Sankhya, this idea that there is only one reality and Attention to the self, or a number of other names. There are quite a few. But so it is a freedom from. Ustedes Well there is a simple explanation. <clears throat> you find it far away from India in uh, the, the Roman testimonies about the, the Gaulish warriors. You see both Cicero and Caesar write that they are so brave in battle, they're not well organized, that's why they end up losing the battle. But it's not for lack of bravery. They are absolutely fierce in the battle too. Why? Because they didn't even really because the implication is, and Krishna says it in so many words the the implication is you don't have to worry about dying, because you're not really dying, you're coming back anyway. And you don't have to be struggling about killing, because the other guy is also going to be reborn. And so, you know, you can just wholeheartedly enter the battle. And if you win the battle, then you have. Um, so that's why it's very useful to be here in Germany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At once, you see, when this doctrine is introduced, immediately the second doctrine is added, namely the karma. Karma in the modern sense of the Vedas, karma means ritual and ritual action. For example, today you perform a ritual and this sets in motion some unseen magical mechanic. So that tomorrow on the battlefield you win them. Right? Because so that's the original meaning of karma, action at a distance. Now here you again get action at a distance, namely connecting the different successive lives. You do something in your past life and it, it's consequences materialized in your next life. That's karma. Now immediately this is added to it. And it's even added to it in a sense that the Christian missionaries who want to depict Hindu, Hinduism and black and evil uh, would very much like Immediately it is added that caste is determined by the past lives. It is said if you live a noble life you will be reborn in a high caste and if you live a stinking life you will be reborn as a pig, a dog or a chana. You know, it, it as in your face as you can get. And it's the oldest statement in the literature of the doctrine of karma and reincarnation. So if you want to blacken that doctrine, well there you have it. So uh, that's, that may be a little problem for you to deal with, but you know, it's not different, I can't help you. Um, Um, now that is fairly unimportant because people say that it is a core belief of Hinduism and so on. That's not really to any historic sense. You see, the Vedas were written by people who didn't believe in the reincarnation. There is a Vedic ritual specifically directing the people to watch a particular constellation, which Scorpio, uh, Sagittarius. You have to look there because that's where the ancestors go. So there you have the Common belief you finding Christianity, when you die, you go to heaven. If you find you in Islam, you go to heaven and you have a time there. Um, so that's a fairly natural idea of what happens after that. Um, so reincarnation is a far more sophisticated idea. Now, it is quite possible that reincarnation is true. And so what happened in that case? And we're all, we're all, it's quite likely that um, at one point, you see, people came up with the idea of reincarnation, and as soon as that falls on, more and more people started to think in terms of reincarnation. They started recognizing elements in their life that pointed to reincarnation. They started seeing that certain things had happened because. They had had some experience in a past life that explained what was happening now. And particularly people who practice yoga, who hear on their consciousness, were more sensitive to this sort to this dimension. I'm not sure, but I think that that is a realistic scenario. You see, people tend far too much to believe in some God-given insight that God has said that, uh, you know, there's reincarnation. Really therefore ever since and ever since in, since the time of creation we believe this and we have to believe this is a defining element of Hinduism. that's not true but you may well now be a common element of Hinduism. why? because it's true because the people started experiencing reincarnation more and more people many people who were puzzled by certain experiences when they heard of reincarnation they understood. And so it goes all- of They are That's also what we know. Then. And so that both the meaning and the sound correspond with the Buddhist term. At any rate, when Islam captured Central Asia, they, they took in a lot of Buddhism. Um, and so the practice to reach this fana is called dikep, which means to remember. they were through you know yogis so to speak but then they were not Christian or Islamic or they were Christian or Islamic and then they were not yogis because yoga means to empty the mind no Jesus so those things are accepted Buddhism is nothing new. The Buddha may have certain variations that everybody is allowed to to explore. But basically, service, right? the same meaning as the uh, So memorizing the breath, that is to say not losing sight of the breath, constant attention to the breath. Then the actual vipassana analysis is to simply scan yourself, scan the your body, scan the mind. And whatever arises, whatever sensation arises, you just you watch and you let it go. You don't attach to it. Um, so that's, uh, that's it. That's, and maybe that technique was invented to the Buddha himself. I'm not sure, but maybe. Uh, and then there's a third technique called meta or mighty, which means friendliness, which means that the peace you have acquired in your meditation you like, radiate out to first yourself, then the people you already love anyway, and then other people, and finally, Uh, so That we better go with the flow and so now all the anti have decided okay yoga is okay it is good but it is not human I think, no, I mean the system is, is quite simple if there is anything that sir